0: To Cartridge Command, your weekly retro gaming podcast where we discuss and review the classic
1: and not-so-classic games of the 8 and 16-bit era. I'm Nick. And I'm Eric. And this week's game is Life Force.
0: Life Force was released by the Konami Corporation in the United States in August of 1988. This was a uh, spin-off of the Gradius series, also released for the Nintendo, and
1: uh, they were both based off arcade games. A lot of, yeah, there was a lot of that from Konami, you know, with... I mean, how many games are in the series? I I couldn't even begin to count. I was going to
0: say, there, there must Mainly be a lot. Mainly because I don't really know. But. <laughs> this game was titled Salamander in Japan, and uh, did have a few minor differences the japanese version had far less life elements into it or organic elements
1: okay okay
0: Uh, a lot of backgrounds and things like that were added or changed for the u.s version once they changed the name to life force i see i don't know why i yeah do you play salamander um i have played the arcade version of salamander okay okay it's not noticeably different same power-ups, everything. As far or, as I could tell, I didn't beat the game. But then the arcade version of uh, Life Force is also fairly different. So, Nick, how would you uh, describe this game?
1: Well, um, it's a, a 2D auto side-scrolling. Well, I guess it's not only side-scrolling, but it's a shooter. Um, you're a spaceship flying... Would you call it a shmup? Uh, I would. It's, uh, you know, since we want to save time here. Um, and uh, <laughs> Well, no, let's say uh, that is Ted's shortened for shoot 'em
0: up It's a term that some people in the community don't like, but it's one I always use as a kid.
1: Anyways, it uh, alternates between uh, side-scrolling and the uh, top-down view.
0: Yeah, so you have both vertical and horizontal stages,
1: which is pretty awesome. You're either
0: always moving to the right or up.
1: Correct, and you, you know, you have your standard uh, laser pistol, or I guess not a pistol, but your laser gun, and one hit of anything will kill you, including the the terrain as well as enemies and enemy bullets yeah and then you have three lives and three continues correct unless unless you use the uh classic uh konami code which i highly recommend to get 30 men
0: is this the first appearance of the konami code I,
1: mm, I don't know, because the, I, my first experience with it was Contra, so and I didn't play this till afterwards, although I'm not sure about the chronology of their release dates. so
0: Yeah, I guess I'm confused, because I played this before Contra, so therefore, mm. that's why I assumed it was probably the first appearance of it. I, it may be, but... Now, for those of you who don't know, the Konami code is the classic code used in a variety of Konami games that would usually give you free men.
1: Yeah, it's, uh, I think it was mostly for debug code, or, you know, game testing purposes, right? They put them in. To... Yeah,
0: I think that's what the original one was for, and then after that, I think they left it in because of the fans' reaction to it.
1: Right, and since you're not playing it uh in the arcade, they're not trying to steal your quarters, so you can have the lives. For those of you who don't know, the Konami code is up, up, down, down,
0: left, right, left, right, B, A, start. Or, if you're playing two players, select
1: start. Yeah, and it's, uh... You're using a lot of games, so although they do tweak it, like we mentioned in Super C, uh, previous episode. So,
0: yes, and the funny thing is that for years I thought the Konami code was Select Start because I had only played these games two players growing up. <laughs> now the other staple of the Gradius and Life
1: Force series is the power up chain. Yeah, you uh, defeat certain little waves or you know of enemies, squadrons, if you will, usually orange. Yes, and they leave you these little spiky orange pods that we'll uh, refer to them as power-ups and uh each one of those you have a kind of little track along the bottom of your screen for each player yeah there's a bar and that bar has six slots in it yes and each one is a different type of power-up you can uh, buy by pressing the a button once you've you know collected enough pods to move the cursor along to get what you want so if you get one power-up you can hit your button
0: because speed will be highlighted that's always the first one and it and it's usually a good one to take right away yes uh it's uh, it helps a lot because uh it does
1: increase your speed the speed of the ship and you can you can get multiple ones as many as you want to kind of start building up your speed and yeah i don't know
0: how many there are you can get max because at around four i'm so squirly <laughs> that i can't
1: really it's, control myself like i want it is not worth it after maybe two is about the most i, I ever get now,
0: if you don't
1: use the first item you get, and you hold on to your
0: power up, you get two, then you can activate the missile.
1: Uh yeah, the Destructo Missiles.
0: Wow, yeah, Destructo Missiles. So, you know, you're playing with power now, baby. And the missile is a set of two missiles, one that shoots out of the top or the bottom or left and right if you're doing a vertical stage. And they hit the walls, and they'll hug them and chase along them for a while.
1: And automatically killing any, you know or at least damaging anything they, you know, run into on their path. And and you can hit other guys in the air on yeah. the way, but that's a little tough to aim. Uh, it is, but if you do have an option
0: or two, then just the sheer quantity of missiles in the air can affect a lot of things in a way that is more significant than you'd think.
1: Oh, sure. And uh, you can actually get the missile twice, and the second time I think it just speeds it up, but uh, or maybe gives you another shot. I, I couldn't really tell because there's so many things flying around. Right. Now, for three
0: power-ups, you can get the Ripple gun upgrade.
1: Or, as it's listed in the manual, the Ripple laser. Oh, the Ripple laser. Mm. Which is, uh... Confusing. Yeah, but it's kind of a unique, uh... I've only ever saw it in... Is it even in Gradius, or...? I don't I know. don't remember. Because uh, you get the tail gun... I don't know, whatever. Regardless,
0: this is more like a spread shot for your uh, gun.
1: Yeah, it, it enlarges the farther away from your ship it goes, so if you hug the back of the screen, you can get a pretty big, uh swath of destruction there.
0: And the reason that name is a little confusing, Nick, is because after Ripple, if you can
1: save up uh, four power-ups, then you get the laser. Yes, or the plutonic laser as the uh, instruction manual. So you get a little, (laughs) get some adjectives in there, I guess. But yeah, and that's really the one I always save up for. Yeah, it's
0: it's really strong and uh, it's got a unique property because you can hold down the button and you'll get a a long beam that will go all the way across the screen
1: and it follows your movement as you move up and down as you shoot it so you can kind of arc it around it's a neat uh, neat touch
0: yeah you can sweep it up and down to really catch enemies in its path now you've gotten your laser or maybe you haven't but you're saving up you've got your fifth power up then you can get the option and the option is the best one and now we're not saying you can get an option, pick what you want. The option is the name of a small, I'm guessing, other ship. Yeah, or like a little, it just looks like an orb kind of glowing yes. fireball or whatever. But it mimics all of your movements. Wherever you went, it goes. Yeah, it follows you around. And it also has its own gun. So whenever you fire, it fires. Or when you fire a missile, it also fires a missile.
1: And whatever weapon you uh, have earned, you know, laser... Uh, ripple, it, it will shoot the uh, the same thing.
0: Yeah, I used to have my mind blown by this thing as a kid. <laughs> I really was like amazed that they could program it to follow me around like it did. How does it know?
1: Right. Well, it's also if anyone's familiar with uh, Ninja Gaiden 2, you have those ninja orange ninja clones that follow you around. And I didn't connect it back in the day, but I really thought about them like they're just options yeah in a side scrolling game but still awesome
0: now if you're good enough and you can save up enough you can get two options at the same time then you're really
1: you have some real
0: firepower then indeed now if you lived in japan and you were super good and you were playing salamander you could get three options
1: oh wow i can't even imagine what that would be like (laughs) on the screen yeah, especially on an NES, like, I mean, playing Gradius three on Super Nintendo, you can have up to four options, so, yeah. and, I mean, that was stretching it, you know, to but keep I, track. <laughs> but
0: I can't also imagine being good enough to get that third option.
1: Especially when you're playing two-player, because then you guys are dividing the pods, so. Yes, yes.
0: Now, you've decided not to get your option. You Instead, you're saving up for the sixth and final thing, because you're a fool, Because the final thing is the force, and not the cool force like in Star Wars. No, no, it's just a force field.
1: Just a force field, which gives you, is it just one more hit? Uh, it's a. I think it's a couple hits, you know, like two or three, but from bullets, right? Like, yeah. I don't think collisions are, are prevented.
0: You know, I don't know much about the force field
1: because I rarely get it. In fact, the only time I get it is when I screw up after I'm on my option and I didn't hit my button fast enough to spend it. So I'm like, oh, and if you are on force and you get an, another uh, power up, it will just start you back at the beginning of the whole track, so... You if you ever find yourself there, it's like, well, it might as well, you know, get the force field. Yeah, because if you don't, if you don't get the force field, and you get one more power up, you go
0: back to speed, and you have now lost. Yeah, six different power ups. Like you wasted them all. Yeah, you lost the credit for all of them. So. Fool, fool. Now there is one more uh, type of power up you'll find in the game. It looks just like the other ones, but it's blue.
1: Yeah, yeah. You get that, and it kills all the enemies on the screen which is a uh, pretty sweet in certain uh, levels. It's very important because they really throw a lot at you. Yeah.
0: I like it because you can really throw yourself into it and know that you'll be okay.
1: Yeah. And it also destroys their projectiles as well. Right? Yeah.
0: Yeah. That's why I mean, you don't have to dodge as easily as long as you can get <laughs> to that blue power up, you know, you'll be all right for a few precious seconds.
1: So Nick, did you happen to find uh the instruction book for this game? You know, I did, man. Uh, it's a, uh, it's another Konami classic. Uh, it's 15 pages. And uh, again, black and white with more hand-drawn screenshots. Konami loves those hand-drawn screenshots. I wonder how late in, uh, you know, the the gaming history they kept doing that. Like, it seems like an early thing. I, I don't know. I'm looking forward to, to getting to the bottom of that. But Well, like I said, in those days, you couldn't capture
0: a screenshot. You literally had to take a photo of the screen. Right, right. So I can understand to a degree, but we'll see how long they keep this uh trend going.
1: <laughs> but it's got uh, you know, uh the story was actually really interesting to me because I had never bothered to uh so you're telling me there is a story. Oh sure. Um, you know, out in the space uh in the space Ma and Pa Deltoid had a son named Zelos which uh, apparently means one mean son of a gun. and uh, In what? uh, Deltoidish? I don't know, whatever. Space language? Space language, because Zelos is actually a planet that ate the galaxy of Gradius, including a planet, Lattice, and um, all of the levels that we go to that are weird buildings and stuff are actually cities that were eaten and absorbed by the planet Zelos. I really wish you folks at home could see (laughs) that the the
0: the look on the, my face as I am staring at Nick trying to comprehend the bizarreness that
1: he yeah, just told me. I, it's a it's a really weird because I have never once before given a crap about the story of Life Force and it has a like continuity. And yeah, uh,
0: at no point would I have ever imagined that this there was a story at all to this.
1: And it also introduces the two starships. Uh, player one is the Vic Viper, which interestingly enough costs sixty trillion gradient dollars wow and the player two is the road british space destroyer built from the planet or built on the planet lattice which was already destroyed and is the only ship to ever have beaten the vic viper in time trials well good good yeah, on it yeah you know <laughs> so yeah and uh it does have an excellent scores section at the very end so um you know you can keep track of all your proud accomplishments there well i bet now does it give you any of the uh, general enemy names it does but they're um you know there. a lot of them are just these little weird ships that i you know i can't identify the difference of their sprites on the screen so i don't know what they're you know some of them are i'm trying to think iron maidens or uh some there are some weird names but okay i wrote down a few as we go along that uh we're call them out as we hit the. yeah levels. the ones that are different enough for me to identify but all right so, Nick, did you get to play this game very much as a kid? Yeah, um, I was lucky enough to be the first person of my group of friends who got a Nintendo, so, but one of my best friends, his birthday is like a month after mine, so. Okay. And this was what he got, with his first game, so. Oh, it wow. Was, it was really early on. Like, I had Contra just before it, and he had this, so we played the both of them a lot.
0: Well, uh personally this was one of the games that the uh, mean girl on the opposite oh. side of the other block had she so rears her head again yeah uh i would sometimes borrow this from her usually in the summer that way i could keep it for a couple of days in, at a time mm-hmm. and it was one of those ones i would always want to get so when evan could come over we could totally tear through it together yeah it's a good good co-op uh
1: two-player game now more recently nick how much of this game have you played I was able to beat this game on my first uh, sitting uh, by using the Konami code. So uh, I played through it a couple other times without it, and it was a lot harder uh, than I expected. Now, I played this game uh, four times solo, and I beat it three of
0: those times. Mm -hmm. All of those times that I did beat it were with the code, of course. Mm -hmm. I did also try to play through without the code, and I think we probably died at the same level. We'll talk about it later. Mm -hmm. Uh, And, (laughs) And then I did play it once co-op with you Mm -hmm. and i think we found that
1: two people that know what they're doing we can really breeze through the game oh sure and uh, i actually played through it uh with my girlfriend as well two player and uh we we didn't quite beat it we got to this uh got to the second to last level and uh mostly because she kept stealing my men with my permission of course but uh and we did forget to mention that if the second player dies
0: you can take men from the first player just by pressing start which can be
1: a jerk move if you, if you don't ask first. But <laughs> but if you're living together, I guess you can take them. And yeah, we know who the boss is.
0: Well, I guess we find ourselves here in the general chat portion of the podcast, Nick. One of the things I did want to bring up was that the Vic Viper is one of the most iconic video game ships there is. Sure, sure. Uh, and the Vic Viper series of ships all have twin-pronged fuselages. So there's always two parts protruding from the front of the ship.
1: Yeah, and since its name is the the Viper, I always thought of those as fangs, kind of. You yeah, know. I can definitely see
0: that. It's in almost all of the Gradius or Life Force games. Sure, sure. Now, the Vic Viper is so popular that it, it is commonly made in LEGO form, and even made its way into an official LEGO set. Really? Uh, it's not mentioned as so. It is in set 7066, uh, an Earth <laughs> Defense Force set. From back in the day. Okay. But the reason it's in there is because there was a prominent builder in the community named Nin who was known for his Vipers and would do fly-ins where he'd host tons of people to build their own and then display them all together on one table. Wow. Always the Vic Vipers too, huh? Yeah, your own version of one. So as long as you stuck to the twin-pronged fuselage, you could kind of go crazy in whatever way you wanted. Hmm. That's cool. Now... He did die tragically in an accident a few years ago.
1: Oh. Yeah. Not so cool. Not so
0: cool. And it was really cool to see the community carry on and do fly-ins in his honor. And then even cooler to see Lego put a Vic Viper into one of their sets. It has NIN on one of the stickers, and the symbol on the side is a Viper. Oh, that's, that's awesome. Yeah, it's a fitting tribute. And if you're a huge uh, Lego fan slash Life Force fan... That's the set to find. For sure. Now, on a lighter note, the narrative of Life Force for me is that the beginnings of each level is a stressful, mad dash.
2: (laughs)
1: Yeah.
0: Where I am just doing everything I can to get as many power-ups as possible.
1: Yeah, and it's very... When you play 1 versus 2 players, you know, they don't increase or decrease the amount of enemies or power-ups. So when Correct. you're playing one player, you can get a lot of them, but you have to really be on your stuff and sometimes you spread yourself too thin and end up missing more than you would get. So, indeed, I would almost always
0: recommend getting a speed right away, and that will help you maneuver to get the other power-ups coming to you.
1: Yeah, that's a it's a big boost.
0: Now, on top of that, I usually can get a fair amount of power-ups early on. I can get an option. I can usually get a laser, some missiles, and a
1: speed. Yeah, I usually, yeah, I'll go for option, speed, and missile, or my first three, usually.
0: Yeah, and that means I get to spend like, at least a fourth to not half the level as like an awesome god that just <laughs> destroys everything that comes towards me. It feels so great. But then I can get that first hit, and I can never catch the option like I think I will. It sucks, man. What we didn't mention about the option is that if you are killed, your option slowly falls back to the back of the screen and then goes off of it. Mm-hmm. If you can catch it after you've respawned, you it will reattach to your ship in its orbital floaty manner, and then you get to keep it.
1: And uh, you can pick up uh, other players' options too. So if your buddy dies, you can grab it, grab theirs, or vice versa to keep it, you know, just from going to waste. So,
0: I've been a golden god for a good fourth, third, maybe half the level. (laughs) I get that hit, and now it is a struggle of survival as I
1: scrape by trying to get every power up I can and usually
0: like putting myself in danger to do so.
1: (laughs) Yeah, it's man, it really is a momentum shift. Like when you got all your stuff going, you can, you're just, you know, decimating everything, and then, and it all goes away in a flash.
0: Well, there's not a lot of them, Nick, but I think it's time to talk about this game. Level by level.
1: Now, there are six levels or stages to this game. Yes, or as the instruction book calls them, terror zones. Oh, (laughs) that's intense, man. Yeah, they're not messing around. And uh, you have three, the first or the odd numbered ones are side scrolling and the even numbered ones are top down. Well, welcome to the terror zone. Stage one which is known as the Cell Stage 1. So, and I see. It's from the Phenom Galaxy. Now, somewhere
0: I saw the name for it as the Bionic Germ. Oh, really? Oh, okay. Uh. <laughs> this may have been in the uh, Salamander version of the game. Sure, sure. Now, um, one thing about this level is, since it is the very first level of the game, it is where I will reset the game about three or four times. Oh, if you if you mess up at the beginning? Yeah, I'm going to get a perfect <laughs> run on all of those power-ups, or I am not going through this level. I'll you, tell you what. You at least got to get an option. Oh, no, no. I got to get everything I want. Fair enough. Even just one player? Or... Yeah. Because it is a little tricky to get everything. No, two-player, I'm not going to make the other person sit through that. But, you know, that's the <laughs> nice thing about having original hardware is, boom, reset button, start right over. Right there. You can usually hit it with your foot if your setup's in the old-school configuration
1: sure sure so this level starts you out in space yeah you come towards uh you know you fight a few squadrons of what i believe are called sharp crossers i don't know like i said it's a little tough to distinguish the spaceships from each other in the instruction manual but that's the one i picked so i see it sets up a familiar pattern where at the beginning of each stage you'll fight a bunch
0: of these guys usually in varying waves of uh, movement and Mm -hmm. you'll get your power-ups from them and then move into the real meat of the level
1: yeah and the waves usually come they usually you know there's like there's one for player 1 and one for player 2 kind of the waves usually come in alternating fashion so that each player has the chance to power up on their own
0: yeah and or give you just enough time to pop down and clear out the ones that would have been meant for the second player yes now in this uh, level it's not too hard. Um, one of the things that always startles me is there's a part where the walls start to, like, close down on you or grow together.
1: Yeah, it always looks like some kind of cellular, you know, appropriately named, or flesh. You know, it's a pinky biological something.
0: Yeah, it's really, you just have to be ahead of it. It's not really going to damage you, but it still always kind of gets me on my toes.
1: And you do have those little uh, arms that grow out that come after you with their their one orange weak spot, and those are known as death hands. Oh, I thought they were like
0: paws, but I guess hands, you know. <laughs> yeah. Death paws is not very uh, intense. No, not not for a game of this caliber. So this level does teach you a lot of the basic enemy patterns and the types of projectiles you're going to be facing against.
1: As well as it introduces the, the destroyable terrain that regenerates behind you.
0: Yeah, that was my next point. The regenerating uh, wall area, the cellular mesh Mm-hmm. can really catch you off guard uh, if you don't speed through it fast enough because the back end of it will catch up with you and,
1: and can kill you fairly easily. And it's a pain in the butt to respawn into the middle of, you know, a big wall of stuff that you haven't cleared a hole through already. So it it can you can lose a couple lives if you're not careful. But uh, we have found out that
0: if you start the level with the 30-man code, you can leave the controller alone <laughs> and just die through every enemy and still make it to the boss yeah it's pretty sweet so if you have any like uh, really little siblings or a small child you know that's a good way to make them feel like they're accomplishing something along with you sure sure
1: now you find yourself at the end of this level mm-hmm. and your first boss yes or as the uh, manual calls them all mayors <laughs> mayors yeah they're all mayors of terror zones so <laughs> wow i you know i
0: gotta say there's a lot more um, government infrastructure here than I expected in the
1: life force levels. Well, Zelos is a very sophisticated uh, organism that runs it right, so. He must be, or she, you know. Now, That's this true. eyeball brain. Yeah, is well, it's, it's named Gollum, by the way.
0: Oh, the brain Gollum. Yep. Well, <laughs> it is a, a giant eyeball with, I'm sorry, it is a giant brain with one eyeball
1: in the middle of it. Mm-hmm. And then arms grow out. Yeah, and it kind of is neat how it starts, you know, you get to the end, a dead end in the fleshy terrain and it kind of disintegrates away leaving the brain. A couple of the bosses in this game kind of have a intro a reveal. The, yeah, reveal, yeah. But once he does, his arms come out and it, they both they kind of chase you around as you pretty much orbit it. Yeah, it's pretty slow. Uh the oh, arms
0: yeah. are pretty slow. Sometimes they can get a little little, you know, close to you.
1: I always think it's kind of goofy looking when they kink up on themselves yeah backwards (laughs) you can just you know lead them off if you stay and you know give yourself plenty of room so when that eyeball opens you can fly up front and blast it and uh i do have to mention that you don't want to run into it or
0: its eye that will hurt you yes yes my son specifically mentioned that i not say that he did that so (laughs) i won't but if you do run into that eye it will kill you now, you have defeated the Brain Golem, and you find yourself in uh, Terror Zone number two.
1: Yes, the Volcanic Stage, which is uh, also so, the Baltic Galaxy. And oh. it's uh, and this is our first, uh, you know, top-down, vertically scrolling uh, level. Now, I'm not sure I would call this
0: one the Volcano Stage, but I can see where they're going
1: to yeah, a degree. Yeah. Well, and it also notes this level in the uh, manual as, quote one of zelos's favorite allies since he gets his jollies having molten lava spit in your face gross yeah who wrote that that's sick this is a children's game
0: wow that's some that is some weird localization. (laughs) i thought so as well so this is a level where you definitely want to have missiles
1: for sure. I mean, it's night and day. Yeah. And since, uh, you know, you're going vertically and the level is frequently divided into two or three kind of lanes you go through and you know, they're all full of turrets, cannons, uh, hatches that shoot out guys, you know, uh, the missiles do a lot of your work for you and you don't really have to aim them. So it makes it easy to dodge.
0: Yeah. And like you said, this is the first, uh, stage where you start seeing branching paths. It's not like there's a dead end, but some of them are a little easier than others. Some have power ups. It's, all memorization
1: yeah you just find the one that works best for you
0: now the part that really gets me in this level is what i call the meteor shower
1: yeah when the the big gray um the big gray rocks rocks.
0: just start falling down from the top of the screen
1: and it's really hard to find a pattern through them they i don't think there is and some of them move really fast like yeah i pretty much always lose at least one life here my only saving grace is when the game has slowed down so I can, you know what I mean? Like it, gives, now, it makes it a lot easier to... You told me this uh, before, but you said once that you thought that slowdown was actually a, a feature. Yeah. Well, it always, since it happens when there's so many enemies on the screen, it like, it's almost, almost always dramatically appropriate to me. You know, like I didn't... <laughs> I can definitely see that. And I, I enjoy that
0: thought because it does help you out in some ways. Mm-hmm. You make your way through the meteors. Uh, you hopefully had enough lives to not bite it there. And you find yourself
1: at the boss of this level. Yeah, the intruder. The intruder, huh? I mean, I guess he kind of has a... You know, you have that room with the three balls that shoot the bouncy balls out, and you have to, you know, destroy their shields and blow those up, and then you get to the intruder. Okay, well, in my notes, that place is called the
0: Center Core. Okay. Now, the Center Core,
1: if you have missiles, is no sweat. No, because it does have a lot of those, like, cannons on the walls at the beginning. So
0: if you don't have missiles... The center core is a pain in the butt.
1: You just got to get over there and try to get rid of those guys right away because it'll make your your life a pain in the butt.
0: You'll probably die, so use your invincibility to hightail it to the sides and take out those turrets. Because once you do, the balls bouncing around inside aren't too hard, and you can clear out the orbs or whatever it is blocking your way. Yeah, yeah. Once you do, you then go through a more uh,
1: destructible terrain. Mm -hmm. Are there there any power-ups hidden in it? I know there are, but I can never remember where, so I don't usually get any. <laughs> okay, well, you get through them, and then you fight what again? Uh, it's the intruder. It's like a weird four-armed uh, quadrupus. I don't know what you would call it. It's like it's a... <laughs> just like
0: a little robotic
1: brick with um, arms that spin around it. Mm-hmm. And it's got a little path kind of uh, in the in the very center of it that's got like three little shield walls that you have to blow up to get to its body. Uh, Orb core, whatever.
0: <laughs> you know, the standard, you know, boss I. Yeah, yeah. Now, here's the thing about this boss. It can
1: seem a lot harder than it is, but only if you're impatient. Yeah. It's uh it really tempts you to try to like get in there and blast it a bunch, but it's like if you just keep following the arms.
0: And if you don't have a speed up, you cannot follow inside the arms. You have to get outside of the arms. Now if you have one speed up or two, you can get inside those arms and, and fly around with it. Yeah, staying in orbit. But don't be a hero. Don't try to get up inside that center area that you've blasted away cuz you know what? You think it's going to work and it will for maybe half a second to a second. Yeah. But you're going to bite it and you're going to go
1: through so many more lives than if you just would have been patient. Generally I'll just I I'll, I'll try that after the first death like if I'm right there, you know, and I come back invincibly, I'll fly right in there and bosses are pretty weak in this game, so if you can get up in there and really jam it, like you can blow them up but then Ten seconds, maybe like maybe, stitch. but you're playing a
0: fool's game. Because if you die, <laughs> you're gonna want to go and do it again right away with that invincibility.
1: Yeah, well, hey, it, and it that's works how for you me. burn through four or five lives. <laughs> I'm just saying, and you don't want to do that because the next level is going to require a lot of your lives. Oh yes, that's when you find yourself at stage three, the prominence stage, which should be called the volcano. <laughs> I uh, prominence is a real thing that it's like those solar flare eruption things that's a real term from real life so well i I can see where they were coming from but it's very deceptive because you don't usually see this amount of fire
0: now in this level is nothing but fire and fire and fire it sucks well at the very beginning you get your brief
1: you know time of getting your power-ups and there's no fire Mm -hmm. there that's true, but in this stage, instead of normal ships, you get these uh, phoenix firebirds that kind of come at you, and they usually are in more of a wave pattern now, so they're a little harder to get than your previous. And then after their waves,
0: there's a couple that are a little tricky, and they don't give you power-ups. They turn into fireballs that then shoot at you even quicker.
1: Yeah, or later there's ones that you shoot, and they get bigger and bigger as you shoot them. And But if you blow them up before they get to you, they will give you one power-up. So Okay, but really the theme of this level is uh, pain. <laughs> it throws a lot at you with very little like visual tells. You know, you get those what are listed as spitballs that come up. They'll erupt from the fire uh, level and it, they'll kind of come to the center and fall back down. And okay. then there are also fire spheres that will come out and then they transform chase you. and come at you. Yeah, okay, yeah. And they throw a lot of them at you. If there's not two players, like, and they're all coming after one one ship, it can be a it sucks, man. It's so hard to get around them. And then the big the big fire plumes. Yes, which uh, I just—they
0: didn't have them in the book. So fire waves, whatever. Yeah, but. those are those are the worst because those take up a huge chunk of the screen, and there is a spot in them that is a safe spot, but you really have to be
1: spot on to get there. Yeah, you want to be careful because the you know obviously all the floors hit you, but the floors in this level, it's like you have a smaller area of screen to not get hurt in, so to speak. You know, like well, one of the problems with this level is that since it is all
0: just fire, there isn't much scaling you can't tell how far it's gone or how far away from other things you are because you've just left fire you're going two more fire yeah it's hard to keep track of where you're at and which wave or which number of waves you're encountering
1: Mm -hmm. and one thing that's cool about those fire waves though is that it will destroy uh enemies
0: yeah that's that's pretty awesome so
1: at least like if you're in the middle of one especially the rapid ones that keep you know just pluming then you know you're kind of safe but it's tough to get out sometimes now also in this level you do fight two small dragons uh one at a time Mm
0: -hmm. and and you just shoot them in the head
1: yeah they're not there's they're not too tough you know they kind of chase you around and shoot and again if you're just patient and yeah i mean i find them easier than the uh firewalls so oh yeah they're they're part of the easiest parts of the game or i mean of this level
0: anyways well they're not the easiest part of this level because (laughs) once you defeat all those things you find yourself at the end of the level and you encounter the boss which, yeah. a big dragon named cruiser tetron it's named cruiser tetron of course it is <laughs> and cruiser tetron is an awesome looking boss he is a great sprite
1: yeah real big dragon head looks cool moves fast it's you know it, it emits these big fire blasts at you that sound cool they have a cool effect it's, it's actually pretty scary because it moves pretty quick sort of sort of but not quick enough to hit you ever right if you just keep your eye on the you know uh The big fireball. Yeah. Just watch the fireballs and and fire away and eventually it will die.
0: Yeah. You have to hit him in the mouth teeth zone. And Mm -hmm. I mean, I'd never even lost a life on this guy
1: now, which is nice because I usually lose 10 to 15 on during the level. Like, (laughs) yeah, I think to me, it's the, uh, cherry on the like crap Sunday that the level was it's like, Hey, you went through all that. Enjoy this light boss. I would accuse them of making this, uh, you know, the third level super hard as, you know, a lot of games would put uh, tough difficulty levels early on in the game to prevent rentals from, be- you know, from people being able to beat it on a rental. But I think right. this is pretty early for that, so. Yeah, I think this is just a case of uh, poor planning. I get it. They should just taking it easy on you. I don't know, man. That game, it throws a lot at you in this level. It does. But once you beat, you know, uh, Tetra... What was his name?
0: Cruiser Tetron. Once you've beaten Cruiser Tetron, you move on and you find yourself at
1: stage four. Which is uh, the cell stage two. And uh, we're back to a uh, overhead view. And this is from the Ithaca galaxy. And this is where they uh, really start to ramp up the life theme in my book. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's a much more biological uh, level than the last one or the next one. So <laughs> Yeah, you fight blood cells and... This is where they throw that first speed-up element at you. Yeah, it's... it's a pretty tough part like uh, this one's not so bad but um you know it really starts moving you fast and if you don't have at least one speed up it's going to be really hard to make it around the curves and stuff. so the screen auto scrolls on every level
0: and at a certain point in this one it just starts scrolling a lot faster so Mm -hmm. you really have to be spot on with your banking left and right to catch the right tunnel to fight the things
1: in front of you and like nick said you definitely want at least one speed in this area there's uh, There aren't many enemies in it, and, but there are a lot of power-ups that they really use to trick you, to lure you into trying to take these dangerous curves. It's, it's almost never worth it. Like Exactly. And then what I find is the cheapest part of the game is here in this section.
0: And that is the spot where you are baited into an area and mm-hmm. you will probably die. Right. And if you are player one and you have died, when you respawn, you respawn in the mountainside in solid ground yeah. not in the pathways
1: yeah it's the the path goes so far to the right that you it's really hard to make it over there if you know I don't think you can if you don't have a speed and since you died you don't
0: well if you bank hard right as soon as you spawn you can get to the path before your uh, invincibility is gone but you really have to do it from the moment you come back on the screen mm-hmm So that is my number one jerk place of the game here in uh, stage four. (laughs) But once you're through that speed zone, it slows
1: down and it gets a little more manageable. Mm -hmm. You fight some kind of these little, I don't know, polyp cluster things that are growing out of the wall. And if you can move up on them and just blast them right away, you'll be fine. But if you give them enough time to explode, they put out these bouncy, those glowing blue bouncy ring things that will not go away. You can't destroy them, and no. they can fill the whole screen if, if you don't keep up on them. So. Yeah, you definitely have to
0: keep those destroyed. And then past them, you get to the growing membrane areas where the screen fills in with a thin mm. membrane. Remember, that's a good one. I, I wrote bio-lattice,
1: but... Oh, that's a fancier <laughs> way of
0: saying it. And you can shoot through it, no problem. It's just that you can't do any lateral movement through it if you don't have any options.
1: And you really want to stay at the bottom of the screen because that's kind of the safest spot because it'll, you know, they're pretty thick at points and it'll just catch you right in the middle and kill you. And eventually there's ones that, uh,
0: have some sort of like, I don't know, tumor or something in it. And the lattice grows out of it. Pulsating. Yeah. Yeah. Those can be a little tougher, but you can destroy the, the tumor thing and
1: then the whole lattice will go away. mm -hmm. It will not respawn. And then, yeah. And then you move up to the rib cage kind of section.
0: Yeah. And man, uh, that's one long rib cage. Yeah, I wish I would have counted the ribs. <laughs> Me too. Like, I was like, is this like a snake creature? Serpentine. I, I guess.
1: Know. Maybe from the but cover art. but
0: <laughs> This is where the uh, shrimp creatures start falling on you?
1: Yeah, that's where I have them, shrimp. Yeah.
0: And I showed you that if you can divide the screen into, say, four parts, and you're at the second and third part, mm-hmm. you can just shoot. And if you constantly shoot, you will knock
1: them around before they even get on the screen. Yeah, they, uh, you know, it's like a large shrimp that when you shoot them, they separate into two smaller ones that bounce down. And if you're lucky enough to shoot them right at the top of the screen, then when they separate and bounce off the top, they'll just disappear. So that's what I try to just keep a field of fire going, if, if at all possible. And it makes that part
0: fairly easy. So you get through all of them to the top of the rib cage, and you find your boss of stage four uh giga the giant skull
1: yeah with it's a pretty cool looking skull man it's yeah uh, it's
0: really metal looking
1: yeah and uh it has eyes that you know they they're looking at you and follow you and then eventually will detach and come after you okay well that's when it stops looking very metal and actually <laughs> i
0: might notice that it kind of can look a little derpy there like <laughs> what happens is uh you want to shoot it in the mouth so you're flying around underneath it and you know it shoots out little orbs yeah know, little bullets pellets, out of its mouth yeah and after so many hits one eye will detach but for that first second that it detaches it's no longer tracking you oh yeah then it's like looking in the wrong direction and
1: it just looks really goofy yeah kind of like a uh you know showbiz pizza animatronic or you know it has that same weird like their eyes are looking around but not in the right place yeah but you know I didn't even have to destroy the eyeballs. This yeah. thing was taken out so quick. <laughs> I eyeball, just
0: ignored them. Yeah. One eyeball came off, and then it was dead before the second one even made its way anywhere. Yeah. Yeah, all the bosses are pretty easy, to be honest. But <laughs> Once you've defeated Giga, the Metal Skull. Not metal as in made of, but metal as in attitude. Uh, you
1: find yourself in Terror Zone 5. Yeah, this is the Temple Stage, which is actually... Uh, in the book calls it out as a city of temples on the planet Lattice. So the planet that was destroyed and that designed the uh, road British uh, ship, the Player Two ship, that's, that's this level. So, you know, oddly <laughs> enough, I can kind of see that. Yeah, it's a weird like it, it does have a feel, especially the first half is very similar to Gradius levels. You have those hatches, yeah, spitting all the guys out that you can blow up as and as well as uh you have that little mini boss trio of ships that are Well, okay, in the beginning you have a like a cavernous area. Um,
0: and you're flying through the cave area. There's a bunch of unbeatable blue acorns
1: yeah i don't know what the, those things have a do they have any real pattern like they all seem to move very randomly they do but they're not unbeatable no. at least not all of them there's a few that you can actually
0: break open they have power-ups inside them oh really okay i just ignore them all but yeah there. if you want to get dangerous and fly around through them there are some hidden gems to find you make your way through them uh, a couple more enemies and then you find yourself at the first boss of this level in my notes i have it as the triple core
1: okay i i just wrote mini boss trio they're not mentioned in the uh the book so
0: well that's probably because they're less of a mini boss and more of a power-up refill station
1: yeah they they shoot these uh metal orbs at you and you know every so often one of them will be you know orange like the enemies you kill and they hold pods and uh, you can you can really stock up yeah because their their attacks are very easy to dodge Especially if you blow one or two of them up and then just kind of be like, I'm not shooting the last one. And- well, yeah, I start at the top and work my way down, getting all the power
0: ups. Mm-hmm. And then you are rocking and rolling for a few minutes. Yeah.
1: Because now you're on your way into the pyramid. Yeah, it's a you know temple Egyptian style level that you, this is a really like, there's some spots in here where I'm pretty sure it's impossible not to get hit if you don't have a bunch of missiles. Like they have guys right around corners that you, there's, you can't oh, get yeah. in front of them. So it is a huge pain in the butt. And there's also
0: a lot of really, really tight squeezes in this area.
1: Yeah. You have moving pillars that are going up and
0: down. You have to fly around and past. Yeah. The moving pillar part, man, I always get hit in at least one of those. Mm-hmm. But if you can make it through all of the tight spaces, past the closing pillars, you know, through mm-hmm. the areas full of guys on the ceiling and the floor, you will find yourself at a dead end. Dun dun dun. But it's not a dead end. The the room shakes and the bricks fall. Slowly. Very slowly. <laughs> and this takes I don't know, a whole twenty seconds, maybe. But Yeah, you're just
1: like standing there watching this boss slowly reveal itself. And what a reveal it is, because you get to see the head of a pharaoh. Yeah, it's like a sarcophagus head. The guy's name is Tutankhamen Attack, so weird. I, I Tutankhamen is that common a, Attack? Is that even a pun? I don't know what that is, but... <laughs> I know, that's some lazy, lazy
0: <laughs> mayor naming. Yeah, for sure. Come on, Konami. Well, I'm glad he has a long name, because he did not have a long life. No, no. <laughs> he, um...
1: It's just a big head. It's got this, these uh, ring, a ring of orbs that circle on it. It's a really cool animation. Yeah. Because they, they keep like, I don't even know what the, okay. I don't know what the word to describe that is.
0: Well, it just gives it a kind of a 3d look as they circle him mm-hmm, mm-hmm.
1: and it doesn't really matter though, because they never come close enough to me to do any damage. Yeah. at the best they block shots and you know, they're, they're emitting little bullets, but you know, you just shoot them in the eyes forehead yeah. zone and you know it doesn't have enough life to really present much of a difficulty so no uh about 20 seconds of hammering away in the eyeball zone and that guy is gone and by the way that's i don't think i've actually made it to any bosses with special weapons like all these bosses when we talk about being easy i beat them all pretty much with my normal gun like yeah. that's they're not hard at all i agree i i
0: made it to very few bosses all equ- equipped out, maybe with an option, but even then, only with the normal laser or the normal gun on it. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. You manage to defeat Tutankhamun Common attack. <laughs> you find yourself in the Terror Zone number six, the final Terror Zone. Yes,
1: the Mechanical City stage. Okay, which starts in space with the what I call the bubble battle. Um, you're getting bombarded with these multicolored little. Uh, uh, bubbles i guess but they're, they're fast and, and plentiful yeah
0: and man so 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 many bullets this is where this this level is the bullet hell part of this game mm-hmm, for sure now after the open space you find yourself corralled and
1: in this area man what jerks there are these little flamethrower spots yeah, they just come out of... They're not indicated any. It could be anywhere. You know, there's no sprite that shows you there's going to be a fire plume here.
0: Yeah, and they always catch me
1: off guard, at least one of them. Yeah, there's, like, one of the first ones that's right on this corner. Like, I know exactly what you're talking about. It almost always gets me. Yeah,
0: this is also another area you really want to have missiles in.
1: Mm, definitely, uh, you there know.
0: a lot of turrets that shoot spread, mm-hmm. and there are these weird missiles that meet at the middle of the, the map, but if you have missiles of your own yeah.
1: this area's cake for sure and then you also get to see the weird easter island heads
0: yeah in fact as a child
1: the next area is like my
0: quintessential life force memory and it's what we always refer to as easter island heads
1: and fruit loops (laughs) interestingly enough um i always wanted to call them moai heads or moai statues but in the instruction manual those guys are listed as amcar heads i don't know what that means but there you go I don't either,
0: and you know I don't even think Easter Island Head is the correct term. I'm sorry to whoever I might be offending, but I think you all know what I'm talking about. It's that statue of a head, and who knows why they were chosen as enemies in this game. It it is an interesting choice, uh. and it's something
1: that I think the series stuck with. Yeah, it's it's they've been in almost all of at least the ones I played. So yeah, I it's mean, very bizarre. They were already in Gradius, so. And
0: they shoot what looks like Fruit Loops, indeed, at you that bounce off the walls. Uh, you can destroy them by shooting them in the mouth, mm-hmm. not the Fruit Loops, but the uh, the Maui heads or whatever they are. Right. Once you've gone through uh, a few of those, then you fight the first boss of this level, which is actually two more of those heads. Mm-hmm. Do they have a name? Uh, no, just more amkarkand heads i suppose they are slightly bigger than the other ones and they can jump around now they're not mm-hmm. fixed to the walls like the ones you fought previously
1: you know now that you know you mentioned it maybe maybe the Carcand is the name of the boss ones and the other ones are just the moai you know i feel like i read that somewhere <sighs> well either way it... if you uh programmed this game or maybe
0: localized it <laughs> write in let us know so do you have much trouble with those bosses no no um there, you just shoot them. I mean, there's not much. <laughs> they're not much worse than the ones that can't move. Uh, you may have to move under one. Yeah, just loop around, shoot them, dodge them. Meh, that was my note. Meh, yeah. they're not much, not much trouble at all. Very appropriate note indeed. So you defeat them, you fight your way through a little more area, Mm-hmm. and then you get one nice touch that I really
1: like, and that is the slowdown. Yeah, you get a dramatic kind of, you know, and it plays that little tune that... Yeah, and you get a dramatic
0: creep up to the boss room.
1: Yes, the final mayor, which is the heart and soul of Zelos. I see. Now, in Japan, this was the first part is fighting the
0: salamander. Ah, okay. And then the second part is, uh, yeah, I don't know, Zelos force or something. Yeah, yeah. You get into the final room, and you see a planet-type being with an orb in it, mm-hmm. and then a serpent comes
1: out, whoo, and snakes around it. Yeah, slithering all around. And, and you got to shoot the the snake thing in the head. You don't have a lot of room to move, but it doesn't matter because you don't
0: really need to. Um. <laughs> yeah, you don't need to at all. It's uh, In fact, if you do move around too much, you'll die, because if you run into the planet thing or any of those walls, you'll die. Mm-hmm.
1: So mm-hmm. keep your cool. Just move back and forth, left and right a little bit. If you even need to, uh, the snake shoots bullets or something. It does. Yeah, okay. So there's a little something going on, but mostly just sit right in front and blast away. Yeah, and then once the snake's gone, you do have
0: to destroy the orb on the planet, but Mm -hmm. it does not offer any resistance at all. None at all. So you do that, and you've beaten the game. Almost. (laughs) And I had genuinely forgot about this ending the first time I had played through it again. Oh, yeah. Yeah, it really caught me off guard, and I loved it. It was it was great, because what happens is you beat the boss, and then you're treated to one last bit of running, and yeah. it's at top speed. Yeah, this is the real super speed zone here. Yeah, it's just like that zone you went through the first time, where it starts ratcheting up your speed, only this time, it is
1: killer. There are passageways closing, there is just walls Galore. Yeah, you got to be on it. Like you can't just wait at the back of the screen sometimes because the you know the the pillars are, are meeting from in the center. Like they will block you and you'll just die. Like if yeah. you have to be in the middle,
0: you have to be sometimes more than the middle towards the top of the screen. And I almost always lose two lives through here.
1: Yeah, there's I, I lose quite a few. Hopefully, if you use a thirty code thirty man code, you probably have plenty of lives to spare by this point. um And continues, you know. So you make it boom, boom, boom through here. You make it out of the shaft.
0: And you are treated to one heck of an ending cutscene.
1: Yeah, it's a cool, you know, you see the planet, and you see your your ships both come blasting out. And the planet explodes? Yeah, with a big, sweet... You, you, I don't, how do you describe that, where, you know, the line comes across the middle and the... Shockwave. Shockwave, there you go. Yeah, it looks cool, man. Yeah, and then it
0: cuts to... And the Konami logo—not as exciting—but you do get some good music. Yeah. You get you get that nice scene. You get some great ending music. Mm-hmm. So I feel I feel like it's a pretty good ending. Yeah, I agree. I agree. I mean, it didn't wrap up the story, but then again, I didn't even realize there was a story. <laughs> I didn't either. So, well, Nick, we're here again. Review time. Yes, and as you all know, we use the classic Nintendo Power review system and a
1: scale from one to five. Um, So for graphics and sound, I gave this a four. Okay. Um, I think it's got awesome music, and um, you know the graphics are pretty pretty good. Uh, My only real complaint about the graphics is there it's not a lot of different colors. Like almost all the stages just have black backgrounds, and which. I mean, I kind of uh, forgive them for because in a busy background would distract you from the bullets, but that being said, it's not the most uh, uh, widespread palette, and I really hold against them the fact that your ships are, you know, player one's blue, player two is orange, and when yeah. you're invincible, you just flash between those two colors and become almost entirely undistinguishable. So Yeah, that can be very confusing in two-player, but, you know, I also gave this a four mm-hmm. because
0: I love the music in this game, And I love the graphics and animation. I love the enemy ships that look like they're spinning in at you or flapping. They all have a lot of really cool animations, even if they're not, you know, varied a lot and the color palette isn't that vast.
1: Yeah, and, you know, they do some cool, like, I give them credits for not just using a lot of, like, sprite swaps, you know, where they could have. Also, the
0: bosses,
1: while are
0: very easy, they're all very distinct and all pretty awesome looking.
1: Yeah, they, they look good, man. Detail, everything's, uh you know, it's a, it's a good looking game. The music's great. Uh, sometimes it gets a little overpowered by the pew-pewing. Yeah, and, I mean... I feel like this game gets intense at points where you know I was surprised by how good the music was because I, I really didn't remember it at all. And I'm, when I listened to them, I'm just like, how did I forget this song? It's awesome, but... It is. There is a bit of a loop situation where the songs are really cool,
0: but they only have about a minute of unique sound. Mm, yeah.
1: Play Control, Nick. I gave this game a four. I gave it a five, actually. Um, uh, the only reason is, I mean... There, there aren't a lot of controls. They're very simple. You just move, shoot, and select items. So, I mean, with that few inputs, I mean, I never encountered any problems with it, you know? like I can totally see
0: that. And the only reason I did not give it a 5 is that at zero speed-ups or at too many speed-ups, yeah. the game can be a little too cumbersome. There are times where you are forced to start with no speed and the levels can be a little tough where i feel like with just a little more speed behind your guide they wouldn't have been as frustrating
1: sure sure i can see that now what would you rate the challenge of the game nick well i gave it two ratings um if uh, you use the thirty man code, I gave it a one. It's pretty easy to beat. Uh, that low three continue. Yeah, I mean you can beat the you can get through the whole first level without doing anything. Uh, okay, okay. Now if you do or if you don't use the code, I would give it a five because I don't see how you could even get past the third level without some mass memorization. Like it's very tough. Indeed. Well, I guess that's why my score of a three is a uh, pretty fitting. Oh, okay,
0: yeah. Um, you know the game itself. Well, I don't think it's as easy as you do with the 30-man code, it's not that hard. I find that most of the levels are pretty fair and mm-hmm. are on the easier side. But that fire level knocks this game up to that next level for me. And if it wasn't for that one, maybe a 2, maybe
1: a 1. But it yeah. has that level in it, so it is stuck at 3. Yeah, it's it's a war of attrition, man. Like, you'll just be losing ships left and right. It sucks. And finally... We are at Theme and Fun. And I gave it a four. Um, I think this game is a lot of fun, and it actually has more theme to it than I realized when, you know, going in with the, you know, eating the cities and different things. You know, just visually from the theme and as much fun as I have with it, I gave it a five. I would, yeah, I, I don't know. I'm really considering, that's it. I'm increasing it to five. Good to hear, Nick. You
0: sold me, man. Well, I should, because, you know, all the bosses are very unique. All the ships are unique. And the th- the levels do have a theme. You, you feel like you're going inside a creature, you're down in its stomach, or you're mm-hmm. in a pyramid. I mean, I don't know why, but I know I'm in a pyramid. Right, right. And as far as fun is concerned, I mean, this is one of, I would say,
1: the best two, maybe three multiplayer NES games. Sure, it's uh, it's you know easy to pick up and easy to master. So uh, it's just a really fun game to play with one or two people. So Nick... Should you play this game? Yes, you should. It's great. I agree. I said,
0: yes, you should. But you should use the Konami code.
1: Yeah, I I think that's the best way to play it, really. Like, unless you're a glutton for punishment. We don't need to be a hero. No, no.
0: And this game sets the stage for so many shooting games, side-scrolling, ship-based, power-up-based, whatever. It all comes back to this. Yeah, it's very influential in that genre. Well, as we've seen with a lot of final levels in games we've been playing recently, a lot of companies want to try the vertical shoot-em-up experience. And it's amazing that such an early game in the system got it just right. Next week's game will be Sonic the Hedgehog for the Sega Genesis. So find your cartridge, grab a controller, play this game any way
1: you can. And remember, folks, if there's anything big we missed or things we got wrong, kindly let us know at cartridgecommand@gmail.com, at gmail.com, and we might address it in the future.
0: Thank you so much for listening. Please check us out on Twitter at Cart Command. You can follow us on Facebook at Cartridge Command. Subscribe to the show on iTunes or Stitcher or any of your favorite podcast apps. Feel free to give to us on Patreon. Your support makes this show possible. And... As always, cartridge commandos, game on that would have been meant for the second player.
1: Yes. <laughs> oh, sorry, man. I don't want to mess up. We've got the computer. Okay. Uh,
0: <clears throat> yes. Yes. Friday. <laughs> <laughs> okay.